You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Carmelina Bacchino, and today we have Jason Cook in the studio. Welcome, Jason. Hi, Carmelina. This is your studio, but I am welcoming yeah. you. So <laughs> it's good to have you this morning. And we have. Yes, and we have Tamika Spalding zooming in from Devonport. Is it Devonport? Sorry. Potsorel. Pot I'm out at Potsorel in my little studio. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good morning. Oh, good morning. See, I feel out of the club. I need my own studio now. Yeah. But <laughs> it's okay. I can share for now. <laughs> um, so we're doing another Connecting the Dots episode together, which is always good fun. And um, we were just chatting before we realized today's actually the last day of March. So it is. if they ever do this as a recording, it probably won't be the last day of March. 2023. But in 31st 2023, of March. it is the 31st of March, and we are a quarter of the way through 2023. Can we believe? Mm. Yes. It's gone very quickly. It has. It has. It's not fair. But anyway. Um, so, Jason, you're in charge of the topic today. Yeah. And we are looking at the privilege of serving. Yes. So um, if anyone has um, missed out on the previous episodes of Connecting the Dots, we have been touching around a few um, certain topics that have come up from our discussions outside mm. of, oh, not on air, because we do talk um, when when the music's going and you guys are listening to the music. Um, so how do we get to the here? Like we've gone through, uh, pity and pride. I took that one. Then Tamika, you took, was it? Pride and humility. Pride and humility. Pride and humility. Mm. And so now yeah. we're on the privilege of serving. So Jason, did you want to share how we, how we got to that? I think that there was something just mulling over in my mind anyway, but I think also this is quite connected to, I guess, the, the topic of pride and humility mm. because, we can serve out of a sense of pride. Mm. We can uh, do it for our own reasons. Or we can serve with humility and uh, do it for a genuine, um, I guess, altruistic reason. So mm. um, I think this is sort of connected to that. And hopefully today we'll learn some things about serving. And And I really wanted to hone in on, uh, towards the end of the program, the privilege of serving. Mm. You know, sometimes we consider serving to be a burden you mm. know it, it's something that we we do it out of duty you know and i think it's it's nice to have a, li- a different perspective on that it's nice to look at it from the perspective of a privilege you know that if we get to serve you know we are serving the creator of the universe here mm. you know when when we follow jesus when we serve him we we're participating in in the kingdom that is uh you know, part of this uh, just unbelievable, unimaginable universe that God has created. And we get to be part of that. I think that's pretty so cool. Absolutely. And yeah. you can catch all those previous episodes for Connecting the Dots and other programs on Faith FM, Tassie Encounters, at the Faith FM app and the Faith FM website. So you can go there and find us under programs. Mm. All right, we've got a lot to cover today, so let's jump in. Mm. I wanted to start today with a short passage that talks about Jesus and uh, he'd just been in the wilderness for 40 days alone and uh, spending time, um, I guess, in prayer and 
being full of the Holy Spirit, and he'd come back um, to be with people. And uh, this is in Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 19. So if I can quickly get you to read that, Carmelina. Yeah, sure. And we're reading this morning from the New Living Translated. Uh, translation, translated. Um, so all of our verses are from there unless otherwise stated. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the, of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Wow, fascinating. Mm. Um, so Jesus points to this prophecy, really, of himself, and he confirms at the end here in verse 21 that this is talking about him. Mm. And this is at the very beginning of his ministry here, um, not long after he was baptised. And just some of the key points that come out of this verse, that he's come to bring good news, mm. and sometimes we call that the gospel. Mm. He's come to proclaim that the captives will be released. He's come to um, help the blind to see. He's come to set the oppressed free. And uh, these points are... Are interesting because I think the the Jews expected this to all happen physically. Mm. You know, they wanted to physically be released, but in Jesus' time, they weren't. They were still oppressed by the Romans. Um, he did physically heal blind people, and he healed many people. But I think this is talking more in a spiritual context. He wanted the blind, the spiritually blind, to see spiritually. And uh, the last uh, verse, in, uh, not the last verse that we read, but the last verse that he quoted from, verse 19, it says, uh, and that the time of the Lord's favour has come. I looked this up because I thought, I wonder what that actually means. And mm. this is referring to the year of Jubilee, the, oh. law, the, the time of the Lord's favour or the year of the Lord's favour has come. Now, the Jubilee was a year that the Jews were instructed to... Um, return land to their original owners to write off any debts that were outstanding that people had amongst them. It was a year of uh, of rest. Every seven years they would rest their land so they wouldn't grow crops and they would rely on the previous year's crops and what grew naturally. And this was also a sabbatical year. So this was also a year off, but it was the one after the 49th year. So it was the 50th year. So it was a rest year. It was a uh, a year where um, their people, slaves, would be set free and they'd go back to their home land and their families. Um, it was a holy year. Um, have I missed any points here? I'm just wondering. So I, I think this, this uh, year of Jubilee really um, pointed to the work of Christ uh, spiritually here. In, in the physical days of um, when, the, when the Israelites practiced this, it was a physical thing. But Jesus was 
using this as a model for a spiritual release. You know, so people who are caught in sin, captives to sin, would be set free. That uh, God calls us back to his home. <laughs> he wants to be with us. He wants us to to join him in his heavenly home. Um, he wants us to trust him for provision. So the fact that they didn't actually plant crops in that period of time is interesting because they had to rely on God's provision mm. either the year before or the year after. And during that year, everything that grew in the ground, they could they could uh, eat from, but they weren't actually working to plant crops. So mm. that requires trust in and faith in Christ. So there's some really good points uh, in this concept of the year of Jubilee that uh, pointed really to the ministry of Christ. It was fascinating too that this system, it's a beautiful system because it really prevented long-term oppression. It prevented generational slavery. Mm. It provided economic guidelines and stability um, to do with how loans were handled and things like that. And ultimately, it represented God's mercy. Mm. Now, Jesus came to fulfill these Old Testament um, prophecies and these Old Testament systems, you know, even the sanctuary, it all pointed to the work of Christ. And I love the verse in Matthew 20, verse 28, that says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mm. Jesus came to serve and to release and to uh, help people, not to be served. So he didn't come to be a king that had uh, servants. He came to actually serve people in his ministry. And I think that's a really good lesson and, and model and example that we can um, think about and follow uh, as we move through this program today. So I just want to set, set the scene as we move through quite a number of other examples regarding serving. Absolutely. Um, thank you for that uh, very detailed <laughs> um, overview of what the year of Jubilee was like. Um, we have a listener question for you for you this morning. Um, are you involved in serving or volunteering? Why do you give your time to help? Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. I guess before the break, what about you, Jason and Tamika? Do you, are you guys involved in serving or volunteering? At my local church, yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> At other times, I have done other volunteering, but at the moment, um, I'm mostly focused at uh, serving in, in the church community and, and occasionally on uh, some of the community projects that we, we do from there as well. Mm. What about you, Tamika? Well, Faith FM is a volunteer position for me, yeah. so oh, yes. yeah. I do this because I love it. And uh, I also do a lot of writing groups that yeah offer my time too, which I also love. Mm. And uh, if anyone knows about serving, it's... You gain so much yourself um, unexpectedly, really. Uh, so I just love serving um, because I'm helping others, but because it's so great for me too. Mm. Amazing. I'll answer mine after the break. Right now, this is Jesus, Strong and Kind uh, by City of Light featuring Colin Buchanan. I should come to 
Jesus said, if I am weak, I should come to Him. No one else can be my strength, I should come to Him. For the Lord is good and faithful, He will keep us day and night. We can always run to Jesus, Jesus strong and kind. Encounters on Faith FM, and today we are talking with Jason Cook and Tamika Spalding on the topic of the privilege of serving. Before the break, uh, we had a listener question for you, which was Are you involved in serving or volunteering? Why do you give um, of your time to help? Text us in this morning on 048 now, a few of you, um, Tamika and Jason, both of you answered this question before the break, so it's only fair that I answer it too. Um, I am also involved in volunteering a lot with my local church, but I've also been involved in quite a bit of um, uh, quite a few other programs. Like when I was at uni, I would I volunteered to be a student ambassador. That was a lot of fun, and I did it mostly because I I didn't mind it. It was quite a quite a fun fun gig, but 
it ended up being really good for my CV, which was quite funny. I didn't do it for that reason. Um, but I guess why do I give my time? I do enjoy helping people. One of the biggest analogies I use is there is an ice cream cake on the table and it needs to be put in the fridge and you can see it needs to be put in the fridge. It's melting, put it in the fridge, but no one's putting it in the fridge. So it's not a hard job to do. So just put it in the fridge. <laughs> so um, that's the analogy I use a lot with um, why I do give my time. It's To me, these tasks aren't very hard. So, so you're looking yeah. at where the need is yeah, and you, you, f- you can, fill that need because that's an important you aspect. <laughs> you yeah. can see the need. It needs to be done. Why isn't anyone doing it? Mm. So... That's how my brain works with those sorts of uh, tasks and issues. Like, yeah. So that's one of the reasons why I do enjoy volunteering because it's such a simple task. It just can, just needs to be done. So that's, that's, my, that's the way I think about it anyway. Coming back to the task at hand. Uh, Jason, we are talking about the Year of Jubilee. Thank you for your description. Where mm. are we going from here? Well, just during the break, we were talking about this uh, idea of a sabbatical year. And so they had a sabbatical year every seven years. And then after seven lots of seven, they had a sabbatical year. That was the seventh, the seventh year of the seven lots of seven. That's the 49th year. And then uh, in the 50th year, it was an additional sabbatical year oh, where they, they had two years in a row where they didn't plant crops. So that really would have uh, required a, a lot of trust in God to provide for mm. them during that time. So, um, yeah, it, it's a fascinating thing. But we, we're going to go on to another um, area now, which is, uh, first of all, looking at the the little story that can be a little bit hard to understand. Um, this was covered in detail in Tuesday's program. We did have uh, some issues with some of the radios on Tuesday, so if you didn't catch that, you can look up this program on our Faith FM website. Um, this was uh, Jacob Ellis who presented uh, both this passage and the next one we're going to do. But this is where uh, Jesus uh, talked about people coming and following him and uh, the cost of following him so let's let's read this and we'll, we'll read from luke 9 verse uh, 57 to 62 and i'll get to make it to read that for us sure as they walked or as they were walking along someone said to jesus i will follow you wherever you go but jesus replied foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests but the son of man has no place even to lay his head he said to another person come follow me The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, Let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, Yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, Anyone who puts a hand to the plough and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. So uh, some of these verses sound a little bit unreasonable. Um, and uh, we did talk about the full meaning of these, but just to summarise uh, from Tuesday's program, um, the the first one says, uh, let's go home. Um, this is after Jesus said to this person, come follow me. And the man agreed, but he said, uh, let me go home and bury my father. Now, that could have been a year or a multi-year process mm. um, in the culture this wasn't just uh, a funeral to have. Maybe his father was still alive and he was waiting for him to pass away. And then they also had to wait a year after the burial to go and collect the bones. So there was a long time, perhaps, that uh, this guy was putting off following Jesus. The second one, um, 
it says, or maybe it's the first one, but in verse 60 it says, uh, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Well, um, I don't like that word duty. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why I have a bit of an issue with that because it seems like we do things out of obligation rather than out of love. And I prefer the ESV translation, which it just says, but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. So we're going to talk about this idea of duty or, um, yeah, the motivation for why we do things. And I think we, we ought to do things and we ought to follow Jesus out of love for him, um, not so much out of duty. Um, do you think you could put in that word purpose? Mm. So, but as so, your purpose is to go. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. So, your purpose is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. That's a good, good point. That's Tamika. the Tamika standard version. Yeah. <laughs> I like that version. Yeah. So, yeah, God calls us uh, to do this. This is our purpose. Every Christian has that purpose. So, mm. yeah, thanks for raising that. Um, and of course, the last one is uh, anyone who puts a hand to the plow then looks back is not fit for the kingdom. So, here I want to just. Uh, bring out this idea that we have to remain really focused if we're serving god we can't be distracted with the things around us there there can't be other higher priorities you know jesus says in matthew six thirty three, seek first the kingdom of god not second not third not after we do other things it's first and i think this is where when we're following jesus we need to remain we need to have that laser focus um it, it needs to be our highest priority um, and then other things after that. And uh, that's perhaps a hard thing to get our head around, but I think it is an important concept that we need to be thinking about. And if we are serving God, you know, in in uh, some way, then and we're not making it or we can see that it's not a high priority, then we've got some questions to ask ourselves and hopefully the rest of this um program will uh, address some of those issues now there's another example that we did cover on tuesday and i'm, I'm really thankful for jacob because uh, it helped me in preparing for this program <laughs> um this guy was was a musician in the temple asaph in psalm 73 and uh, asaph uh he he was a musician he wrote music and uh, he writes here, just from verse 2, if you want to read Psalm 73, verse 2 <coughs> to 9, Carmelina, mm -hmm. this, uh, this guy seems to have a bit of an, a problem. Mm. Let's read it. <clears throat> but as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping, and I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. Boast they boast against the very heavens, and their words strut throughout the earth. What's his problem here? <laughs> Is he comparing himself to, like... He's comparing himself to others, and, and we can do that so others easily. Others' privilege, or... Yeah. Well, yeah, others' successes, and others... Uh, now, and he's making a judgment against <clears throat> them as well, and it might, it might yeah. have been a fair judgment, who knows, but he's making a judgment that they're not 
uh, godly people mm. and they're succeeding and he's trying to do his best serving in the temple as a musician and and we'll go on a moment we'll we'll learn more about the fact that you know he he he's not a happy man at this point mm. in time but it, definitely comparing yourself to others whether it be you know someone else who's serving or somebody else who's not serving outside we can easily say look oh, all of our time and effort goes into serving god but i'm not blessed like this person who doesn't serve and they're earning lots of money and they're they're wealthy and you know or perhaps their family life is brilliant and mine's struggling whatever it is I think when we start to compare ourselves with others, we can develop this attitude of, um, of, uh, I guess, a, a begrudging attitude. I've heard somewhere someone say, um, what was it, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. I think Erin, once she came down, shout out to you, Erin, um, she came down to speak one time at a cross-train meeting, and that's what she shared and I thought that's I I love that saying because it's very applicable to everyone really because mm. the moment we start comparing, you know, there's if you want if you want <laughs> to compare somebody compare somebody who's in a compare with somebody who's in a worse situation then you can feel grateful yes. but never compare yourself with somebody who seems to be doing better. Mm. Uh, I want to finish this passage before the break, so we'll yep. push on. Um, we'll push on. Do you want to read uh, to make a, the next couple of um, verses, 13, 14? Yeah. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. And uh, go on to 16 and 17 to make her as well if we can. So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper, but what a difficult task it is. Then I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Okay, so he was trying to understand all this, and what did he do? He went into the sanctuary. So he spent time with God, and he started to look at the big picture, the Mm. destiny of the wicked. Now, um, I'll get Carmelina if you want to read 21 to 26. Mm -hmm. This is the outcome of spending time in the sanctuary with God. Then I realized that my heart was bitter, and I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you, yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to the glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak. But God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. I love this transformation. You know, just a couple of verses after where he says, I went into your sanctuary, of God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. He spent time with God and his attitude changed. He realized that he had a bitter heart and he realized how blessed he actually was by spending time with God. So that's the point I want to bring out of this. Let's, uh, if we're struggling with serving God, let's spend time with God and uh, ask Him to uh, enlighten us in terms of our own attitudes and, uh, you know, perhaps to the reasons and the motives and, and also to look at the big picture. Absolutely. Just to remind you of our listener question Are you involved in serving or volunteering? 
And why do you give of your time to help? Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Also, we have a free book offer coming up later in the program: "Reaching the Unreachable: How a Prisoner with Two Life Sentences Serves as a Pastor." This is written by Martin F. Scott. Be sure to stick around, and we'll tell you more about it after the break. But right now, this song is "Neighbor" by J.J. Heller. Then walk across the street It's like I'd rather fill the blanks with illusions Than take the time to see You are trying to close the back door of your car You are balancing the groceries and a baby in your arms You are more than just a sign in your front yard You are my neighbor I can get so lost in the mission Of defending what I think Just behind the screen You are grateful that the workday's finally done You are stuck in miles of traffic Looking at your phone You are trying to feel a little less alone You are my neighbor When the chasm Between us feels so wide That it's hard to imagine the other side But we don't have to see things eye to eye For me to love you like you are my neighbor My neighbor Oh, to fear the unfamiliar Is the easy way to go But I believe we are connected More than we might ever know There's a light that shines on both the rich and poor Looks beyond where we came from And who we voted for Till I can't see a stranger anymore I see my neighbor May my heart be an open door To
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we are having another Connecting the Dots episode. We have Jason Cook talking about the privilege of serving and we've got Tamika Spalding joining us from Port Sorrel. And so now, Jason, we have another passage of or another chapter of Scripture to look at. Mm. Let's dive in. So Where the, are we? This is Isaiah 58. Yes. And uh, I really want you to think about the concept that serving God can also be about serving others. Mm. It's not just about serving God at church. It can be helping those in need. And so this uh, chapter brings this out. So let's have a look at that. We'll get you to read um, verse 1 to 5, Carmelina. Absolutely. Shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud. Don't be timid. Let my people Israel of this tell, tell my people sorry, my bad. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves, and you don't even notice. I will tell you why, I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? Mm. So there's some interesting words there, some harsh mm. words too, I guess. Yes. Um, what do you think about the attitude of the people here? What are they doing here? They're coming to the temple every day. Mm. They are going through the motions. They're acting pious. So acting pious, you know, pious means, you know, righteous. Mm. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, it would appear as though they're oppressing their workers. They're quarrelling. They're fighting with each other. And so they're simply going through the motions without it really having impacted their lives or their hearts, mm. their, their attitudes. Um, I think sometimes we can do that. I remember, mm. have you ever heard uh, Herb Larson speak? Yes, I have, yeah. Yeah, he talks about that. And that was a very, yeah, if you haven't heard, um, checked out Herb Larson, I highly recommend. He's a great speaker. And mm. he talks about this, this topic in a very similar way with his own life. It's uh, somewhere in here, it says in verse 3, at the end of verse 3, it's because you are fasting to please yourselves, mm. even while you fast, you keep oppressing uh, others. I'm not sure um, how people fast to please themselves, but it's interesting here that the concept there is simply, or very explicitly, that sometimes we do things to please ourselves, <coughs> not for a genuine, uh, humble reason to serve God. And, and that's brought out in this as well. Mm. And this idea of penance, some some people are proud of the burden that they carry in serving, you know, <laughs> in serving God. It, it's not meant to be like that. No. It's meant to be we serve out of joy, we serve out of privilege, we serve out of love, not out of burden and penance. And, uh, 
Yeah, so I, I do love the way this passage is is really bringing out those points of, you know, what's your motivation? What's your real attitude towards this? Where is your heart? Mm. Um, Tamika, can you read verse 6 to 8? Sure. No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Lest the oppressed go free. Let the, the oppressed go free. And remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Mm. So this is interesting, isn't it, that uh, Jesus talked about uh, in the Gospels of those at at the end of time where he's sorting the sheep from the goats and... uh, you know, some were those who helped him or helped others. And he says, you know, whenever you did it to them, you did it to me. And this is what he's calling um, us to do. I mean, this is directed at the, the people of Israel, but it applies to us. You know, we, we're meant to practically help people, to lighten their load, to, to, to feed the hungry, to help them. And so if we, if we are Christians who purely focus on, you know, serving in the temple... In, in the church uh, and not caring for those around us and if we're serving in the temple and, and arguing about things and fighting about things and you know being upset when we don't get the role that we want to do or whatever it is our motives are really all a bit mixed up and we have to take a, a good look at that and examine um, where our heart is really at. Mm. I want to just go to verse 13 and 14 to make I'll get you to read that. We're jumping a few verses just because of time. But let's yeah. have a look at uh, verse 13 and 14. It's interesting that um, this new concept almost seems to get thrown in at the end here. It says, Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight at the Lord's holy day. Honour the Sabbath in everything you do on that day and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. I will give you great honour and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestor Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. Mm. Interesting. Do we consider the Sabbath a joy and a delight? You know, so as Seventh-day Adventists, we worship on on Sabbath. We go to church. We carry out different roles if we're in leadership positions. Do we go into our worship experience with an attitude of, um, oh, this is a burden, this is tiring, or do we go in with the attitude of delight and joy? Um, one of the, the few words here that sometimes is tricky to understand where it says, don't follow your own desires or talk idly. And I thought, well, what does that mean? Does that mean you can't relax on the Sabbath and have a conversation with somebody? But um, I, I looked up really what the the meaning of this talking idly means. And it it says uh, it's idle or foolish or and irrelevant talk. And it can also mean gossip, spreading rumors and bad, bad-mouthing people. So uh, we certainly don't want to do that any day, really, do we? But particularly not on the Sabbath. <laughs> so um, so God doesn't want us to use our rest time in order to, to you know, talk about things that really are not helpful or, or um, could actually be harmful to, to other people. Yeah. So um, This makes me think about going back to purpose. Yeah. If you're speaking, is there a good purpose to this? If you're doing things, is there a purpose to this? And, and if there's not, like, does it need to be done? 
Mm. Yeah, and that's that's really the question. Does it need to be done? And we'll we'll look at that um, uh, in the next section a little bit as well. So I guess just to to summarise this section, are we just going through the motions? Are we genuine in our worship or are we just pretending? Are we treating people with respect? Uh, Do we delight in our service? Is it a joy? And I just want to read this little passage to finish off in Romans uh, chapter 12, uh, verse 1 to 5. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. So interesting. The first, we recognize what God has done for us. Let our bodies be a living sacrifice, living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong together. It's a beautiful passage on service. We could spend half an hour talking about that, but we've got to go to a break. So uh, We do. Carmelina. Um, before we go to the break, we have our book offer for this morning, Reaching the Unreachable, How a Prisoner with Two Life Sentences Serves as a Pastor by Martin F. Scott. Criminals are often painted as wolves among sheep. They are characterised as the sinister and the predatory. But a prisoner's reality is something very different. In every person, God sees a lost sheep. Martin Scott, a disciple of God and a convicted felon, shares how to minister to wolves that have lost their thirst for blood and have chosen instead to find refuge in the pastures of their shepherd. You may also find that you are more similar to those on the inside than you thought. For the code this time, we do have a question and you'll hear it when we come back from the break. This is Gift of Grace by Jessica King.
Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and we are finishing up our program for Connecting the Dots um, with Jason Cook and Tamika Spalding on the topic of the privilege of serving. Before the break, we have our book offer as promised. Now, in order to claim this book offer, we actually have a question for you this morning. Let's see who's been paying attention. How often was the year of Jubilee? Text in your answer to 0488-880891 and we will send you an offer, um, <clears throat> sorry, send you a free book this morning, um, Reaching the Unreachable. This, there's only three copies to claim, so be sure to text in quick. That question was, how often was the year of Jubilee? If you are not sure or you've just tuned in, you can find the answer in Leviticus 25. So text in your answer to 048880891. All right, Jason, we've got a lot to finish, so yeah, let's we've go. Got five <laughs> minutes to do it, so we'll quickly go through this. If you want to read uh, to make uh, Ephesians uh, 3, verse 7, just read verse 7 here. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving Him by spirit. By spreading this good news. So Paul considered it a real privilege to be chosen by God. And uh, he was um, he was persecuting the Christians. And then, of course, after he encountered Jesus, he completely changed. And he was then called for a very special purpose. And he considered it a privilege. Uh, Carmelina, in uh, Corinthians chapter 2, um, can I get you to read verse 3 to 5? And uh, this was talking about a church in Macedonia. who They, they had their own troubles. They were struggling and you know, they weren't uh, particularly well off. And yet, um, let, let's have a read of verse 3 to 5 of this passage in Second Corinthians chapter 8. Yep. 
verses 3 to 5, and it says, For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it for their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, as just as God wanted them to do. Isn't it amazing? So they had their own struggles, and yet with abundant joy, it says in verse 2, and rich generosity, they gave more than they could afford. So, you know, gift giving of our finances is an act of serving as well. Mm. And they did it with the right attitude here. It was of their own free will, and uh, they gave more. And also uh, this point that he makes here is that um, they first of all gave themselves to the Lord, So it's when we're connected to Christ that we then have the right attitude um, to serve. Mm. Uh, In Philippians, to make uh, verse 29 and 30, let's have a look at that one. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. Mm. How do we deal with that, hey? Mm. Struggling and suffering, suffering. And, and we consider it a privilege. You know, Paul um, talks about this time and time again, and I'm and I'm I rack my brain sometimes to think, you know, how do we? <clears throat> excuse me, how do we uh, face struggles and suffering with an attitude of um, privilege and thanksgiving? And Paul Paul says, you know, uh, give thanks in all things, not mm. for all things, but in all things. And here's another example. Well, I think the the way we do it is by maintaining our relationship with Christ and and recognizing, first of all, what he has done for us. You know, the amazing gift that he gave us, his life on the cross so that we could uh, have salvation. Mm. And when we when yeah. we recognize that, when we appreciate the cost of that, then we can respond um in with the right attitude, I think. Um, the last point here that I want to make: First uh, Peter, verse four, uh, chapter four, uh, verse ten and eleven, um, talks about everyone having a gift. If you can quickly read that one, Carmelina. First Peter, chapter four, verses ten and eleven. God has given each of you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So we all have a purpose. We all have a gift that God has given us. Mm. And it's for the purpose of extending his kingdom. And uh, we need to think about that. If if we're not using the gifts that we're given, maybe we need to seek God. There's a verse here that says, uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Mm. This is Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Mm. Such an important mm. thing when it comes to service. We shouldn't do this from our own um Ideas and our own strength, we should always seek God first. Mm. Um, some key points to finish off today. You know, we're all called to, to serve God. We're all called to share the gospel with others, whether that be through the way we live, by helping others, by treating others with respect and love and compassion. 
We're all called to extend his kingdom. And when I think about it, you know, you, you think about a surgeon who operates on people to save lives. That's uh, an amazing thing. But, you know, we are, we are working with God, with the Holy Spirit. He's called us to work to save lives for eternity. What a privilege that mm. is. You know, yeah. what an amazing privilege that is. Every Christian, every believer has that uh, that uh, commission or that mission. <clears throat> um, in some way or another, we have been given a gift to be able to share with other people. Mm. We are to help people in need. We're to give hope to the hopeless by sharing the message of the gospel. And our motivation should be based on a love response not one of duty or burden. It should be a love response. And if we're really struggling with how to serve God or perhaps with our attitude to God, uh, to towards serving God, maybe we're feeling like it's a burden, maybe we need to spend more time with God in the Word, in prayer, and ask Him to show the way and to help us, uh, our heart, to have the right attitude. That's all we've got today, but I hope uh, that has helped people. If you're in an, uh, an area of service that um, you can uh, gain from this today. Awesome. Thank you yeah. so much, Jason. And thank you, Tamika, for joining us this morning. Um, a, f- a few of you have claimed the book offer. Um, congratulations, Margie, and happy birthday. Um, appreciate you texting in this morning, and I hope you have 70 years. Wow, what a milestone. Congratulations, Margie. Um, and if you would like to claim that book this morning, Breaching the Unreachable, make sure you answer the question, how often was the year of Jubilee? You can find the answer in Leviticus, bleh, in Leviticus 25, so be sure to check it there. Join us on Monday with Daryl Groves and Jason Cook. Pastor Daryl is new to Tasmania, so welcome, and new to Tassie Encounters. The topic will be Value Creates Movement, so be sure to be um, join us for that. Next week we will have Natalie Moore, so that's always nice for connecting the dots. Thank you all for joining us. This is Light as a Bird by Melissa Otto. Light as a bird, I could fly. That's the way I always feel when your love melts away. For I had inside troubled mind Mistakes I wanted to hide How could I be alive for you? I'm as light as a bird